Welcome to the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life, or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, co-founder of Quandrum, and I'd like to welcome you to part two of my chat with Nicole Janssen. Nicole is founder and podcast host at Leaders of Transformation, as well as CEO and founder at Discover the Edge. Great to have you here, Nicole. Could you share a few words about your own post-personal growth journey? Sure. Well, when I talk about earlier transformation and what precedes transformation is difficulty. Um, so, you know, I had, I had, I've had businesses that have failed. I've been, you know, we, we built a, we built a very successful business. I thought that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. We had built our financial freedom mm. and our stability and our security. We thought, and uh, it fell apart, you know, I've uh, experienced betrayal. I've experienced, so I've experienced breakdown in business, money, you know, the whole financial wealth aspect, losing all of it there, my health and my relationships. And so through, and there's many stories in there that we can mm. get into, but take too long. Um, there's a lot of that. So, but in the process of all of that, is I got to see myself and become very self-aware of who I am and how I show up. What do I put my trust in? Mm. What do I, where do I derive my identity from? And, and then, so I basically, it's like, I, I, you know, things fell, fall apart to fall together. Sometimes, you know, it's like everything fell apart so that I could rebuild it back up again on a stronger foundation of my identity. And, um, and that's, that's where I think that that comes back to joy, right? What is joy? You know, to me, it's that fullness when you, it's hard to feel joy, true joy. Mm -hmm. Happiness is circumstantial. It's a, maybe I'm happy one day because it's sunny and the next day I'm not because it's not, well, you know, a lot of times people derive their happiness from what's going on outside yep. externally and people, derive their success and their feeling of satisfaction a lot of times from, you know, how much money they have in their bank account or who loves them or what's going on outside of them. But in reality, all of that's inside. Like, you know, when I, when I, and I learned that by losing everything. Right. And when I lost everything, I was like, well, okay, so now what have I got left? All I have is really me. And my relationship, which, uh, you know, even questioning that, but of course my relationship with God and looking at and saying, okay, where do I start from here? And from there saying, where does my identity come from? Who am I really? Mm. And, and joy, joy comes from within is that fullness of, you know, of knowing who I am, why I'm here and that I have value no matter how much is in my bank account, no matter what's going on around me. COVID, none of it actually determines my joy. Yeah, I mean, it's strange, isn't it? You know, I think, you know, I think I spend a lot of my life in the marketing industry, which is built to, to try and give people more stuff to, to give them more things, which in some way takes them away from themselves. As you say, when you strip back, when you take away 
all of those things, that's really when you find yourself and yes. enables you to build from that inner strength rather than hanging on to these external, a new car, a new TV, a new house, a new coat, whatever it is that you put upon yourself to stop you from having to look inside. Yeah, there's another one too, is that sometimes people will derive their identity from their adversity. So I came up with these, mm. I think there's like seven now A's, right? So uh, the external things, so accomplishments, right? Acquisitions, yep. accolades, you know, all of those, like those types of things. But then adversity, sometimes people will connect their identity to their adversity. Yeah. Well, you don't understand my story. Mm. If you knew what I went through, then you would understand why I am where and why I'm unhappy and why I'm this and that and so forth. The victim. Or that life, yes, that life has been exactly life has happened to me and not for me. And so even that is not something to, to assign your identity to. Yeah. But when you assign your identity, the fact that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and I was worthy, I, I was born worthy. I was born enough and I didn't have to earn love. I didn't have to earn worthiness. I didn't have to do anything to be valuable. I simply am valuable because I am mm -hmm. like in the Bible, you know, uh, Moses said to God and said, who are you? What do I call you? And he says, I am that I am. And, and so it's like, it's the, I am. The I, I don't, am. You don't need to add, put it, you, you can, you know, your affirmations are great, but you don't have to add anything on to that. Like I am because of blah, 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 blah. Or I am because of this. Or this. I am that I am. And then from that basis, then I can build. Well, that's right. Yeah. I've, somebody today said to me, I am enough. Yes. Full stop. I'd like to, to focus on a little word called love. So could you talk a little bit about choosing to live in love? Well, it is a choice. A lot of times people think about love as a feeling, a feeling that comes and goes and really, it is actually a choice. And it is, I believe, the most powerful force in the universe, love. God is love, in my belief. And so, and love casts out fear. Mm. Love casts out hate. You can't cast out and get rid of hate by being more hateful. You can't cast out fear by focusing on fear. So love is what it's like light casts out darkness mm. where there is light darkness must flee so light love it's it's pure energy right and and so anyway we talk about love and that's kind of like a basis of the way i look at it so love choosing love is when i know that i'm enough and i know that i'm valuable i'm also i know that i'm secure and i know that i am i am loved as well and I'm designed and meant to, to love. I believe that, and it's, and it's biblical as well. And you can find this in pretty much every religion, you know, where it says like, love one another as yourself, some form of, they, they yeah. talk about that. And so first of all, you got to love yourself. And when you love yourself, then you will love another as yourself, as a kindred spirit, as a, 
as someone that is valuable and that is worthy as, but, but the problem is, is in this world, most of us do not feel that. And so it's very difficult. And so our mm. love becomes a trade-off. When you love me, I will love you. Um, I feel love towards you because you do X, Y, and Z. And actually that is not love. That's trading. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's a, it, you know, uh, Tony Robbins has some more crude ways of putting it, <laughs> but <laughs> it's this trade-off, right? Yeah. You know, you think about horse trading, whereas love and what Gandhi talked about is, it's like, it's one thing to love people that are lovable, love people that are kind to you, but can you love your enemy? Mm. Jesus said, love, you know, love your enemy. And Gandhi talked about, you know, it's like, can you, can you love someone even that's hurting you? So that's even a higher level of that. But those are choices. Like in my life, to bring it into like practical examples in my life, I got the opportunity. And that's actually one of the gro greatest growth opportunities that I had was when my husband at the time told me, I don't love you. And I don't want to be with you and I will never love you. Mm. And so I had a choice in that moment. What was I going to do with that? First of all, of course, I, you know, there were all the moment, you know, freak out. Why is this happening to me? And I went through this whole journey of like, wow, this is really interesting because this actually showed up for me this way. And I didn't realize mm. I thought I was pretty confident, secure in myself. And now I realize I'm not as secure as I and confident in myself as I thought I was. Right. I went through all of that. But then I got to that point where I was like, okay, I get that I'm whole and complete and I'm enough. Now let's address this relationship. And then I got to choose to love him regardless, mm -hmm. regardless of what he did, regardless of what he said. And it was interesting because it was like, God told me, love your husband. And I'm like, how do I love my husband? He's left. He's with somebody else. He's doing all these things. And he said, love your husband. I'm thinking, how do I do that? So spiritually, what I, he wouldn't talk to me. So spiritually, what I started doing is I started spiritually sending him love. Now, mm. initially, I thought it was for him to come back to me and then all that. What I realized over time of doing that, that it was, it, sure, it actually benefited him. But the most important thing was it, it healed my heart. And right. it, it increased yeah. my capacity to love people, even the closest ones to you, you know, to me even when they were hurting me, mm. even when they were rejecting me. And so what a incredible gift. And I told him that at one point I said, you know what? He said, I hope you one day you'll forgive me. This is later on power of love healing his heart. Yeah. And he said, I hope you can forgive me. And I said, I've already forgiven. There's nothing. In fact, there's nothing to forgive. Mm. I thank you because you didn't mean it for that, but God used that to increase the capacity of my heart to love. And I'm grateful for that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the gift that you gave me. And I don't want to ever go through that kind of experience again. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> like all of that, mm. you know, we're, and, but I don't, the beautiful thing is I don't need to, cause I got the lesson. Yeah. And I think that's great. And I think it's part, you know, that strength that that then gives you to deal with all types of adversity after that it's just incredible um when you can yeah, the rest is like easy and he says no you're like okay you know somebody rejects you somebody on the street says what you're not wearing a mask or you should or whatever you don't 
now there's no see our attachments mm. it all comes down to our own it's like we want to our own security and self-preservation right if i don't feel like i'm enough if i don't feel like i am secure whole and complete in myself that when somebody rejects me or attacks me or in whatever way does something to me that impacts my security that impacts my uh self-preservation like it's it's like it, it's at risk mm. it i feel like it's at risk but when i realize it's not at risk nothing anybody can do or say can can change that all right i'm ultimately i'm a spiritual being i i will never like spirit energy never disappears right it never right. dies so if i know that then it doesn't matter what anybody says to me. And so I'm not going to have the attachment. Well, sometimes I'm human. Sometimes people say things like, oh, I can't believe you said that. But immediately it runs to the filter and goes, it doesn't, that's fine. You know, mm. that's their thing. Oh, I didn't expect them to say that. You know, I didn't expect them to react that way. Oh, that's a shame. But you know what? It doesn't reflect on me anymore. That's right. So it can impact your ego in a way, but not your identity. Um, yeah. It doesn't change you at your core these externalities yeah. um, and, when it's, be... and when it triggers and when it triggers when it does and it's like oh there's another opportunity for me to look at it and saying is there still a splinter there that mm. needs to be pulled out is there still something there that i need to consider maybe i thought i've got this worked out and maybe there's still a little bit of like oh that that hurt okay so I need to do something about that. I need to, you know, spend some time reflecting on that and allowing that part of me to be healed, fully healed. And that's yeah. a lifelong journey. Right? It is. And, and it's an interesting one, you know, because there's obviously some amazing people in the, the Joyful Living community, as well as, you know, all throughout the world who are doing fantastic work, helping people um, so that they wouldn't have to go so deep into their own rabbit holes, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, if you don't actually go there, it's quite hard to make that transformation um, until you've actually experienced it yourself and gone through that. So I see a little bit of a, a challenge here of saying, OK, we can help people not go down that road. But if they don't go down that road, to, to what level will they learn the lesson? Um, to what level will they be able to transform themselves to actually you know, strip everything away? To, to find their true selves, their true identity, their true spiritual being, and, and build love and joy upon that. Well, what if it wasn't about preventing them from going down that rabbit hole, if you will, but what if it was about giving them tools, healthy tools, mm. to be able to go down that hole in that journey, that inner journey that we all need to take at some point and at some level? Um, that when we go, when they go there, that they will have the tools to be able to support them to get to the other side. So they don't get stuck there and, or they don't spend longer there than they need to, mm. to get the lesson. Cause they'll, you just keep repeating the lesson. You just keep repeating the experience and it just gets worse and worse, worse. and yeah. worse life, you know, conspires for our success ultimately. And so it'll mm. keep giving us an opportunity to learn the lesson. And if we don't learn the first time, it'll be worse the second time, the third time, the fourth time. And at some point, 
you know, uh, people will get to the point of giving up or just feeling like there's no chance. Like, I guess I'm, this is just the way it is. And they'll, and so, but if they have the tools and they have the support, the mentorship to guide them through that process, um, then they'll have a much better chance to come out the other side. That's amazing. I had this image when you were talking about, you know, people going caving and, and us giving them, you know, a good flashlight, a steady rope, um, a little guide, a flare, all these things that they're going to need to, to, you know, to go down there quickly, get out um, and come out brighter back into the light, so to speak. That was sort of the image that came to me when you were talking that. about that. So I thought I that's, a, that. that's a powerful one. I just want to wrap up by talking about a word, a longer word than love, um, a word called cheerfulness, um, because I know it's another word that you, you mention quite often. So, so why do you find that so important? Well, I think if we do things from, a, from an opportunity standpoint, we do things cheerfully. And, we, and it's a different vibration. Everything is energy. Everything is vibration, sound frequencies, all that, right? So uh, when we do things from obligation, it's a low, it's a low vibration. It's a, oh, I hear a lot of times people say, I have to, and they'll just say it like in their flip, you know, today, I, I have to go pick up the kids. I have to go do this. I have to go do that. I have to be successful. And I'm like, no, you don't. Mm. And they're like, oh, of course I do. And I'm like, no, you don't. Right. People prove every day that you don't need to do those things because they don't, you know, and you choose to, mm. and there's a difference. And so doing it by choice is like doing it cheerfully. I choose to do this. And it's coming from the inside, whereas have to is like an obligation. It's again, that external force saying you have to, right? I have to do something. I feel like I'm forced to. I don't like doing things that I have to do that somebody else tells me that I have to do. And so, but when I choose to do it, oh, I'm all in. And that mm. cheerfulness, that is a higher vibration, vibrations, uh, you know, frequencies, are, are, you know, when you are on a certain frequency, there are other things that are, let's say in a higher frequency might just pass right by you. You won't see that opportunity. You won't see the abundance. You won't receive the, whatever it is you're looking for, uh, unless you're vibrating at a similar frequency. And so cheerfulness raises that frequency so that you can connect to those things that you say you want. Right. So it's like, again, I got the image this time of, of somebody looking, walking around, looking at their shoes and saw with a, a glum sort of numbness, as opposed to walking, you know, head up, looking around. Wow. What are all these wonderful opportunities out there? All these wonderful people. It's a different vibration, as you say, that cheerfulness can bring to you. That's another but, great analogy. I, you're like a wealth of <laughs> great analogies, Andrew. I love them. There you go. Crazy enough to think of anything. That's that's me. Well, Nicole, it's just been super fun and, and not as scary as I thought it was going to be talking to you. So so thank you for being on the on the show. Um, but unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. And you've been such a not only a wonderful, but I would say an uplifting guest um, to talk to. I feel much more joyful myself as well as cheerful having talked to you. And I'm sure our listeners feel inspired on their own journeys as well. So a big thank you to everybody for, for listening today. And we really do hope that you enjoyed hearing Nicole share her thoughts on joyful living. And you can find out more about Nicole and her work um, on our website, um, theleadersoftransformation.com. Um, as well as on social media, Facebook, Instagram, 
at Leaders of Transformation, on Twitter at Leaders Podcast, um, as well as on LinkedIn as Nicole Janssen. So before you go, Nicole, just would you like to give um, your listeners a quick heads up on some of the topics you'll be covering in your own next few podcasts? Sure. And thank you, Andrew, for having me. I really do appreciate it. And I'm glad it was a pleasure to you. Um, who do we got coming up? I've Speaking of sound and energy, one of the, the guests uh, that we have coming up is going to be talking about, she is actually a former NASA physicist and has also spent 25 years as a Zen teacher and leader working with leadership. And wow. uh, she wrote a book called Resonate, and she talks all about sound and energy and how to the, the how we resonate and mm. how we can shift our resonance so that's going to be really really cool another guest that i recently had on the show uh, has yet to come out uh, wrote a book called struggle well and they talk about the um transforming and and shifting from ptsd to post-traumatic growth and how learning how to struggle well, kind of like what, a little bit we've been talking about. How do you give people the tools to navigate through that process? Um, those are just a couple of, of the guests that we have, but we, we've got a variety of wow. guests that I love having people from different walks of life mm. and that are doing really cool things. One lady is doing something in Kenya. She's helping women in Kenya to learn how to sew and, and educate them and equip them to rise out of poverty and just wow. really cool things so yeah that is amazing and that's what i love about you know what you're doing it because it's so broad but you've still got that core theme um around this power of transformation the purpose um and ultimately joyful living so thank you for the work you're doing it's wonderful so i hope everybody feels inspired and empowered by my chat with nicole today and i hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the quandrum art of joyful living podcast thank you